We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Kind of a big day in terms of Oscars news, as we have another Oscar race checkpoint for you, as the theme song would indicate. I am your co-host, Mike One. Uh, co-host also, Mike, what's going on? An actual set of Oscars shortlists just <laughs> dropped on our heads. I really appreciate you because you gave me like an extra hour to compose this Google document. And that's that it. Be. <laughs> that's what you get. That's the extent of my generosity. <laughs> but it, I needed it. I needed it because I was all over the place. How do, I, how do I get this together? I want to have the snubs at the tip of my tongue, at the t- tip of my lips. And I didn't know how to do it. And you're like, this doc is like 16 pages long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to cut out all our reviews at the end because we wanted to review Nightmare Alley and Encanto. And we still may. But we we want to review them at the end of this episode, and I, I hope we can now because the doc is somewhat manageable. And that's that's at the top of my priority list right now, a good Google document after a fun <laughs> Oscar shortlist. That's that's all I need in my, in my life right now, and, and I'm, I'm there. The, the Academy, for its part, kind of helped us out because whereas this episode last year, we were like had a bunch of snubs to go over. I don't know that there's like huge glaring omissions in any of these shortlist categories. And this is going to kind of work as the second part of what I guess was the first part we did with David Long last week, right. where we kind of saw where all the biggest categories, the big six categories were and took stock of them. This is going to be more of the uh, below the line stuff. And that's what the shortlists encompass. But we'll go through them. We're going to work in the Critics' Choice nominees. We're going to work in some of the Golden Globe nominees. We're going to work in some resume stuff. But uh, we'll we'll go through each of the individual Oscar shortlist categories, starting with international film, Michael. Okay, the three heavy favorites are in. We have Iran's a hero, uh, Italy's the hand of God, and Japan's drive my car. Those got both Critics' Choice and Golden Globe nominations, Mike. Drive my car actually has 10 wins on the year so far. Uh, three film of the year critic wins, which is like ludicrous, including New York and L.A. Yeah. And then uh, it's Feinberg's in his five. Drive My Car has got some real momentum. Yeah, there's definitely palpable momentum to have Drive My Car be taken seriously, not only uh, in the international film category, but as a best picture candidate. I just, you know, Parasite, you saw the path and Bong Joon-ho was an established name and you could at least understand where that gets that kind of momentum. I don't know where the other nominations in the other categories come for Drive My Car, but it is worth mentioning it did win Best Screenplay both back at Cannes and alongside its upset Best Picture win at the LA Film Critics Association Award this past week. Mm-hmm. All that said, Feinberg's forecast still had it at number four. I mean, it's not like it was even the favorite in the international feature category. Maybe it moves up now because it's officially made the shortlist and who knows. But, uh, you know, positives and negatives when it comes to Drive My Car, I would say right now. A three-hour movie about a play within a play, and that play is Uncle Vanya. I'm not... Yeah necessarily sure that's going to play to the entire academy it might we got to stop with these with these lengths by the way these movie lengths like it's getting to be absurd i can't spend two and a half hours at the theater every week every single critics (laughs) review after new york film festival is like well it's three hours but it doesn't feel like three hours it doesn't feel that long i feel like i have this soapbox every year too it was malik last year like the first two hours are a little much but that third hour (laughs) <laughs> the third hour it's really kicked it in yeah, here no it it felt long i mean you know maybe if the I little fell less asleep driving. in spider-man everyone all right like <laughs> <laughs> no if, i mean they could have hacked off like 20 minutes and it would still have been pretty sure. pretty good uh i i have a lot to say about the hand of god uh i'm really excited about a hero getting in uh because it better have gotten in because hit the road was so good uh, coming out of Iran. Iran had a great year for movies, by the way, but uh, but Hit the Road got snubbed, didn't even get shortlisted. It's my favorite international uh-huh. film of the year. Look at the other like main nominees got in except one, Michael. We have Denmark's Flea. We have Finland's Compartment Number 6. Uh, we have Norway's The Worst Person in the World. Flea got a choice. Worst Person in the World got a choice. 
compartment number six got a globe. The other nominee that did not get picked, I believe it was a choice nominee, excuse me, and that's Tatan. Uh, Palme d'Or winner, European Film Awards, bunch of nominees, but it didn't do that well this year with Tatan. That should have been a red flag. We haven't covered the EFAs quite yet, but the MUAs was all it took, the makeup and hairstyling category uh, at EFAs. So Tatan getting snubbed, and you're not surprised. We all fuck that car for nothing. That's uh... (laughs) a... Well, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm surprised insofar as the Palm Dior winner not getting in the international feature shortlist. Yeah, that's kind of a surprise. Sure, yeah. that makes sense. But I also think, and I told you this in the pre-show when we were talking, like, it's just a matter of time before Tatan suffers its untimely death in this category, I think, anyway. Because... Right. You did call it, you jerk. You Well, it's, it's yeah, it's the biggest snub according to Film Twitter, and the Film Twitter's all up in arms about it, and... Yeah. It's yes, a bummer because we kind of wanted a movie like this to get picked. It, it is. It would have been a refreshing selection. But the Academy, like, <laughs> I tweeted, <laughs> like, the Academy found Mr. Rogers' documentary too inaccessible to nominate it. Mm. There's no, I was never going to be convinced. I would have done backflips if it was true, but this wasn't going to win international feature. Even if it made nomination, I was never going to be convinced that the car fucking murder sex revenge movie from France was going to be too good to be ignored by the Academy on some level. It just wasn't going to happen. I agree with you. And yet these next two selections, Jane Goodall didn't get nominated, Mike. All right, fine. But everybody wants to screw Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey is the next selection. I'm your man, which from Germany, it's it's a fine film. I'm 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 okay with it. It's like a C plus. Uh, the lamb about the half lamb half kid kid uh, that got in VFX winner at the EFAs. Like, what are we talking about? Like, they went a little off the beaten path, I thought, in the category. Sure, sure. And that's why, I mean, and and if you want to make that argument, then yeah, by that metric, like, apples to apples, lamb versus Tatan, sure, you could say Tatan not making the short list is a surprise. But again, my my stance is just like, yeah, all right, it didn't make the short list. It wasn't going to, it wouldn't have made nomination. If it made nomination, I don't think it was going to win. I think it was going to die on the vine at some point. Yeah. And if well, they're they're doing it like if they went in other peculiar or niche directions like they did with Lamb here as opposed to Titan, I think that's kind of understandable to be honest. I'll tell you what though, the red flag was kind of pink this year because Drive My Car had genuine momentum from critics groups. You were seeing its best sc- at least like screenplay category. That was starting to become a real thing and it is becoming a real thing. But the EFAs also chose Two films from last year, Quo Vadis Aida at one film, director and actress, and The Father, which of course took home a couple Oscars, mm-hmm. one Anthony Hopkins and Florian Zeller, the actor and screenplay category. So the big five awards at the European Film Awards, which launched last year's international feature winner in another round, they don't really tell us much. So if Tatan loses to these previous Oscar noms and Oscar winners, like, I, I didn't know how to necessarily read that, but, you know, the way you got to read it is it it was hurting. It it came out. It had momentum too early. You know, I thought it had enough going through the fall. That was the biggest standing O of the, the festival, or at least that, let's put it this way. It was the loudest standing O of the festival. I think the biggest one was Parallel Mothers and, mm. and uh, Almodovar, who's obviously not in here because the good boss from Spain, Javier Bardem, beat it out obviously the Almodovar's film is very political and it made sense at the end of the day Golden Globes liked it but still not enough to just have the Spanish government forget that he's <laughs> raking him over the coals so uh, that made sense I'm really glad Hive got in that's a, a film much like Covada Saida deals with some heavy subject matter great performance at the center of it out of Kosovo uh, prayers for the Stolens on Netflix Mike we have Austria's Great Freedom, which uh, is a two-time winner at the EFA's score and cinematography. Otherwise, these next three, they're on my list, but I have no idea about them. Uh, Playground, Bhutan's Lunana, uh, A Yak in the Classroom, and then Panama's Plaza Catedral. I'm going to take the high road and not do the joke that everyone thinks I'm going to do. <laughs> 
I, it could be about anything, so you can't you can't even joke about it. It could be like about right. The most that's what I mean. Like yeah, it could the be the, the greatest documentary of all time, and I, that's the the bright spot of of I guess the short. You list. might die for that yak. You might right. say, "I will give my life. I will exactly. dedicate the rest of my existence to that yak." Exactly. in the classroom. Exactly. <laughs> as long as he's taught by my octopus teacher. I wonder, Mike. Like, mm-hmm. okay, for your sanity's sake, and we're going to talk about Doc Feature, but you have gone hard into International Feature and Doc Feature this whole year. Are there any big snubs for you that like greatly offend you, other than obviously Titan that we already touched on, or is this? Like, is your sanity safe for another day because it's kind of status quo business as usual right now? Yeah, I kind of figured that the the snubs were going to be Memoria, Unclenching the Fist, Lutsu, uh, The Intruder. I didn't see a lot of momentum for them. I would have been pleasantly surprised if they got in. Uh, Feinberg had Zatopek, which is about a marathon runner, I believe. Mm. So I'm curious to see that as a track coach, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, I had my snubs, like, hit beforehand. I'm actually kind of glad, in a way, that uh, the hand of God got in because I just watched the hand of God. Yeah, go for it. So that's one of the uh, highlights for you. The hand of God was selected on this short list. You watched it. You are. I've been. You know what's been funny, and this is you don't know this at all. I'm going to dump this on you, but um, <laughs> I've been making up like little limericks about who you are to my family every time your name comes up. And they'll really? be like, yeah, because we got your Christmas card, which was very lovely. Your, your family's Christmas card was adorable. And my mother, like, happened to go the other day. I barely recognize Mike. He's got that big, full beard now. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't recognize him? He's, he's the one that looks like Joe Pesci's stunt double. And so it's been, like, those types of one-liners that I've been coming up with. But it works in this aspect because you are the most Italian person I've ever seen in my life. So what did you think of the hand of God? So Italian. Bellissima. No. Uh, I'm very... Very concerned about the <laughs> overall depiction of Italians in movies right now after a certain certain Accurate film that rhymes with documentary yeah. that was done by Ridley Scott. Is that what you were going to say? Documentary. <laughs> uh, we're not in the same room. Good thing. It's a good thing for you, pal. No, uh, look at Paolo Sorrentino is not helping my case. It is not helping Italians cases. That bad, with, huh? Dude, all his movies are like sexy as hell, mm. and they're also perverse. <laughs> like, you know, seriously, like perverse. And it's and everybody's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you watch it and you tell me that, you know, you know, aunt, aunt and uncle stuff. Come on. So you're saying it's overly sexualized and it doesn't help the stereotype about like the whole Italian lovers type. That's correct. I got That's you. correct. So there's there's all this high art and there's all this sleaze. There's all this brutal honesty and there's all this batshit bullshit. Was <laughs> what I wrote down. It was just the perfect way to say it. Like I'm not going to be the type of critic who's just going to have ly on the end of every of his modifiers mm-hmm. and just keep going. Uh, I'm just going to swear. I think is what I'm going to do in my reviews. No, look at no, no European filmmaker keeps me more on my toes than Sorrentino, uh, unless it's Duke Kernow, by the way. Right. But every time, you know, you try to get comfortable, he knocks you off uh, your pins with the plot. Like you hate him and you love him. Like I want to strangle him and I also want to hug him. And maybe the hug would become a strangle. I don't know what would happen, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very, I'm intrigued by the man. I mean, look at I might just be as unstable as his characters, and we might all come from, anyway. I, I come from Napoli. The, par- the, the parents' families are from Napoli. I've never been, so it's like this long-lost homeland for me. I mean, I could, instead of being a, you know, a, a Giants-Yankees-Knicks fan, I could be like a huge uh, Maradona fan. Mm. It's just like that gif is it's on my wall. The road and less traveled, right? That, yeah. yeah the, the other the also, Mike, yeah. The, in another universe, right. in a parallel dimension, in a multiverse, um, I'm just a crazy soccer hooligan uh, like David Long, but on on another on another uh, in another country there. And yeah, I'm a Maradona fan. I think this is a great film about fandom. I think there's some completely ludicrous plot lines to, that bordering on surrealism. Like there's an ass whooping in the middle of this film. You would never believe it. Just watch the movie just for that ass whooping and then text me about it. Like, you need to do that. There's okay. also an eating of a bowl of mozzarella that is mm. disgusting. I'm Man, so mad at it, but I respect it at the same time. <laughs> so 
So I'm just like, I'm grateful and I'm hateful at mm. this movie, which is probably the kind of feeling that uh, Italians have all the time. So this guy's just making an Italian movie for Italians and it's good. I have no idea what this review was. So is the movie good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, did I you don't enjoy know. your time with it? I enjoyed it. It's so ridiculous. Every one of this guy's movies are ridiculous. The Great Beauty won the Academy Award in, in International Feature. It's nuts. And then Youth, he gets all this cachet, and he and he makes this crazy-ass movie about this old people spa. All they're doing is screwing and, and screwing each other over with uh, Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel and Rachel Weisz and Jane Fonda. And, and, and he makes, like, the new Pope and the bad Pope or the whatever... <laughs> And then he has the Pope and the Queen flirting in that short film that Andrew and I reviewed on Netflix. They're just coming on to each other the whole time. A little figurine of the Pope and a little figurine of the uh, <laughs> Queen. The man the man is unhinged, and I love him for it. And I he, also hate him. He's someone that I would love to talk to just based on those last <laughs> few sentences alone. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So there's your review of The Hand of God. We can move on to the next Academy shortlist category of original song, Mike. Yeah, so the Glo- the Globe slash Choice nominees, the double nominees, are all here. We have Be Alive from King Richard, performed by Beyonce, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish, Phineas O'Connell, and we have Dos Orgueritas from Encanto, Lin-Manuel Miranda, performed by Sebastian Yatra. So those are Globe and Choice. Otherwise, we, we got typical Globe nominee that I think is going to be an Oscars nominee because they can't resist it. The uh, old white people are going to vote for something, right, Mike? I probably. Got Down, Down to, to Joy. Joy. From Belfast, Van Morrison going there. That's a Globe nom. I, I'm surprised that Guns Go Bang is only a choice nom because of uh, Jay-Z and Kid Cudi and, and the popularity they have. But that was only a choice nom, even though that makes a short list here. Here I am from Respect. That's the Carol King, Jennifer Hudson song. That's a Globe nominee as well. Uh, Just Look Up from Don't Look Up the Ariana Grande one that rounds out the uh, the field of precursor noms as that made the choice field for original song but not the Golden Globe field so may we start Annette that's a fun nomination we all wanted that song in here that uh, could be a spoiler at the end of the day of your big stars only original song category though Mike but we'll, we'll get there we got Brian Wilson's documentary song he and Jim James of my morning jacket They have a song, uh, Automatic Weapon from Bruise, that's by her, last year's winner in the category. Mm. Dream Girl from Cinderella, performed by Adina Menzel, of course, of Frozen fame there. Uh, Let It Go, I believe, is the song, correct, Michael? Do you remember? Uh, It rings a bell somewhere in my memory, yeah. (laughs) Beyond the Shore from Coda, so that's a show of strength for Coda here. That song performed by Amelia Jones. Otherwise, a couple of surprises. How fucking dare this list? (laughs) Well, here's the strange part about this list. Like, SZA, right? She's not someone you'd think would be singing in Dear Evan Hansen, but she does sing the anonymous ones. You shouldn't. Dear Evan Hansen should not be Oscar nominated in any aspect or respect. (laughs) I watched it. It wasn't awful, but it was not good. He's sweating like Richard Nixon during the fucking presidential debate. He is. (sighs) He's so old. (laughs) So like, old. That's going to be the next one-liner I sing towards my parents <laughs> about you when they ask who you are. He's so talented, but he's just so old. Yeah, but talent Why is he alone, in high school? Right. Talent Set the movie yeah. in grad school. Right. For Christ's sake. Right. Adult learning. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's and so anybody crazy. who gets mad at us, because it's it's just ridiculous. I don't care. I don't, we're right. I don't care. Get mad. <laughs> Get mad. Uh, we have where, where the where the hell am I? Where, Some, oh. Somehow you do from Four Good Days. That's <laughs> Diane Warren because of course with Reba McIntyre. Your song saved my life. Sing Two's gotten a lot of great reviews, and that's Bono and that's The Edge. That's you two, obviously. I, I'm not shocked to see that one sneak in here at the end. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, it, it's a lot of choices that I think we have talked about. It's a lot of choices we expected to see. I don't know that there's many snubs that I would pick out. So that's good. So my category, my first category is whole. Your category here in original song, you got what you wanted. So again, the mics are fairly happy right now. Uh, some snubs, though, from Clayton Davis's list uh, and whatnot. We have Cyrano's Every Letter, Ryan the Last Dragon, Lead the Way, Rebel Hearts, Secret Sister, Rufus Wainwright there. Last year's winner in the original uh, score category, The First Wave by John Batiste. 
those didn't make it. I think my only quibble maybe would be Vivo's Keep the Beat. I was a big fan of that song mm. all the way from the trailer stage. And uh, I- I'm okay with this because he's in here from Encanto. So Yeah, and that fun. is a fun song in Encanto, which I Good. I did see because Google lied to me about when Nightmare Alley was playing. But that's a different conversation for a different time. Mm. Um, the take on this category is the same as it's always been. I mean, get the headliners in there. And I'm going to have a couple takes that have to do with getting more eyes on the uh, Oscars program as we go on here through these short lists. But it, it's just such a simple, simple thing to do. I mean, no time to die. I think there's other stuff we're going to talk about that shows how much the Academy's voting body in whole likes Billie Eilish anyway. Uh, hmm. So I, I think she'd still be the front runner, her and Phineas for that no time to die song, but that's going to be there. I think that's a lock nomination. I'd like to see the Beyonce, Jay-Z, Ariana Grande, get them all there. My only question other than that is whose would be the fifth that those four are there? I don't think they're four are locks. I think Beyonce might be, and I know Billie Eilish is. But otherwise, uh, I'd like to see those four there. And if those four are there, who's the fifth? And if it is the Sparks Brothers, does does Adam Driver have to sing on <laughs> stage as part of the song? Uh, I, I I think so. Right? Yeah, right. They, they should, have to. Yeah. He should be walking and singing. He should be uh I think that's a lyric in the song, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, that's why you said it, because you're clever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you were, you either remembered it or No, that was dumb. Man. Luck. But I'll take credit for it. Uh no, it's good. Uh so I'm not uh I'm not giving you too much credit, which I don't like to do. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, my lists are, uh, are all blending together here. But let, let's go on to score, original score, and uh, keep the musical notes humming here. We got most of the uh, precursor noms involved again. Dune, Power of the Dog, French Dispatch, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, Don't Look Up, and Spencer. Of course, Dune and the Power of the Dog got double nominated in Globe and Choice. The rest, one or the other. Only one major snub this this uh, shortlist, Mike, from the precursors, and that was Nightmare Alley. Uh, kind of a theme of this episode we'll talk about. But otherwise, being the Ricardos, Candyman, which is fun, uh, The Green Knight, Harder They Fall, King Richard, Last Duel, No Time to Die, and The Tragedy of Macbeth, some big names in terms of composers there with uh, James Samuels, Chris Bowers, Hans Zimmer, and of course uh, Carter Burwell. Hans Zimmer is in twice. Johnny Greenwood is in twice. Original score is is got some... uh, you know, name recognition here. Yeah, Power of the Dog and Spencer are Greenwoods, too. No Time to Die gets both in this for score and original song, which we already touched on. I'm ecstatic to see Candyman get some love. I did not expect to see that make the uh, the short list, and I'm very, very happy that it did. Yeah, more um, horror, please. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I Again, I don't really have a snub that I'm looking at that, like, I'm shocked. You say Nightmare Alley. I haven't seen it yet. I guess, is being the Ricardo score good enough to be here? And, I mean, Daniel Pemberton was a, he was in a similar spot last year. He did a Sorkin movie. He got nominated for original song, though not score, because his, the score for the Trial of Chicago 7 missed the shortlist phase altogether. He makes the list this time. Does Is the score of being the Ricardo's worth it? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. I couldn't. Re- I couldn't hum a note for yeah. you. Just, that first watch, it just, it, it, it hits me on a, psychosomatic level i just don't (laughs) retain it i just don't Uh, so like i liked the ambiance of don't or being the ricardos i liked uh i liked the flow of it it worked the production values are mostly good one notable exception that we'll get into i i think uh i think the movie kind of works it just there's some there's highs and lows to it so i don't remember gonna have to listen and it's on amazon prime right now so i think we're gonna both weigh in on it at some point Mm -hmm. that's the only aspect of that i would question but like you said nightmare alley doesn't make the cut kind of a surprise for you anything else that you were surprised not to see here well i had the green knight it was an indie score i i really liked but that got in i mean mm-hmm. the novice passing to tan those would be my three independent film scores that i really liked the flutter of the piano keys in passing you know all the rhythmic stuff and and not in the novice because it's about crew it's about rowing at the boats mm-hmm. you know a great sports movie but also like this black swan tinge to it so i can recommend that you know if you could sit down for a substantive watch uh clayton davis had a couple snubs he had uh, the lost daughter uh, operation mincemeat thomas newman's the big name behind that 
but I've never heard of Operation Mince Me. I have no idea what it is. I'm hoping it's a culinary documentary. Right. Just about I don't pie think it making. Will. Yeah. And people right. who set those hot pies and on the Thomas Newman is just an aficionado and he right. makes meat pies, but I'm guessing <laughs> it's a very serious documentary. Anyway, Ryan the Last Dragon, James Newton Howard, big name again, but uh, those are his snubs. Nothing but the most serious facts and analysis here on this episode <laughs> of Mike, Mike, and Oscar as we move on to best documentary, Michael, which is the other category that you have gone headfirst into all year long for uh, better or worse for your sanity's sake. Yes. So I wrote down like PGA, IDA, uh, and I wrote down like who, who, who got the choice, who got this, who got that. But who cares about any of that? Let's talk about my top 10 documentaries on the year. And I, I'm very happy that a bunch of them got in. My, you know, uh, Summer of Soul, big fan of that one. It's it's winning a lot in the, in the precursors right now. It's the, the betting favorite, Mike, six mm-hmm. to four. Uh, we had David Long. We didn't get to it last week. But we had him get us best documentary betting us mm-hmm. last week. We're sick. <laughs> We're sick. So, uh, how I mean, would you bet anything on this category in terms, especially with the favorite Summer of Soul? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't know why you would bu- like documentary feature branches on probation until they're proven that they can be trusted. Otherwise, I actually, I need you to like promise me that you're not going to snap mentally if Summer or if and when Summer of Soul and or Flea doesn't get nominated out of this category because you Look. put so much mental camp capacity and bandwidth into these categories for some reason and I just fear for you. I have two straight-up villains in this category, and I really shouldn't pick villains in the documentary feature category because these are these are filmmakers that are just roughing it. They're guerrilla filmmakers. I love them. But goddamn you if you make a boring movie that's nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Ascension and The Velvet Underground. I despise both of these documentary <laughs> film experiences. Despise. And it's a strong word from me because I'm usually not trying to talk shit. But they, they're not awardable in my mind, uh, period. I mean, maybe you can like them for various re- reasons, but please no. Attica, that, that's on my list. That's a tough sit, but 14-1 uh, to 1 odds. Ascension's 12-1. to 1. Look, Billie Eilish is The World's a Little Blurry. We both watched that. You recommended it to me. I eventually came around to it. That's a that's a high mark for me. B plus 87, my number six on the year. Thrilled to see that in here, but Mr. Feinberg was predicting it for the longest time, saying that the industry was on board with it. Voting bodies love Billie Eilish. They absolutely love her. I actually think if this documentary, I know the branches vote for the nominees and all that, but if this documentary finds it making its way eventually into the nominating stage, original song might be wrapped up. I I can't be, if that's going to be the front runner, I know one category doesn't necessarily have anything to do with another, but if that, if that no time to die song is going to be the front runner the entire time and she's getting a documentary feature nomination on top of it, like that's, (laughs) I don't know what more proof you need. Yeah, it's quite possible. But, uh, Faya Dei, IDA, I have not watched it yet. I have a screener for it. I have to watch it. Uh, the first wave, my number two documentary on the year, First 100 Days of COVID in New York City. Again, a tough sit. Yeah, I would think. They're all hilariously tough sits <laughs> because they're about the, the least hilarious things in the world. Uh, so uh, Life yeah. used to be worth living, and now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of these, I'm like, oh, it's really, you know, it's if you're ready to watch it, you got to watch it. But <laughs> God damn the sorrow you will feel afterwards. No, I, I I think the first wave is extremely rewarding. I'll stop, you know, taking the piss out of it here because I think uh, it's one of those movies that makes as bad as you you can feel. It makes you feel so much better for the payoff, mm. which is why I I love it so much. Uh, Flea, another movie with a big finish uh, that is winning a lot of stuff. So that's a feel good film uh, for certain. Thirteen to eight. Betting odds, Mike, a lot of wins so far. That's the and, one that everyone's like looking at to make history, right? That could be the yeah. triple nom and maybe a quadruple nom by finding its way eventually into Best Picture somehow as a documentary as well. That would be something else, uh, the four noms there. In the same breath from Sundance, I reviewed it way back about the first 100 days, ironically, of COVID in Wuhan, China. Uh, another tough sit, but uh, also rewarding, but a little more artistic in terms of its structure. Julia, which is delicious, about Julia Child's culinary uh, abilities. 20 to 1. President, my number uh, 7 on the year. Huge fan of this one coming out of Sundance. Uh, Procession from Netflix. 
My number one, The Rescue, is here. So I'm thrilled. And also, Mom is thrilled. Yes. And we all could stay with it. So right now, I'm still with this category, Mike, because Summer of Souls here, Riding with Fires here. Uh, Simple as Water, I haven't watched yet. That's on HBO Max, but it's about Syria. I've been burned by the Syria docs in the past. They, they break my heart into a million pieces, so I'm a little afraid of watching that one, but I will. The Velvet Underground is here. Ascension is here. They could totally just poop on my documentary parade. <laughs> Which is the lamest parade ever, by well, the way. Well, I know which two movies I'm rooting for now to see on <laughs> nomination day, finally. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I worry for you, man. I just really worry for you. I guess, like we kind of talked about, on, on the one hand, it's it's a good thing because you're finally at a point where you aren't so overly invested. It's not like your favorite documentary of the year is also the front runner. So if one of these miss, if Summer of Soul does miss, it's not like you're going to be overly invested emotionally in its being there too and being an Oscar winner, but... Still, uh, we know shenanigans are bound with this category. I can't be hurt anymore. It's just I don't think I could. I don't think they could do anything and to hurt me. You Lincoln Parks numb? Yes, <laughs> I am so numb. Uh, but no, I'm just like at a dog park with a pug, just meeting and greeting everybody I see. Like I can't be hurt. It doesn't matter. I just, I, it's fine. It's fine. It, I pray Omicron is happening. Branch. Whatever. The f- yeah, it's I just pray like someone from that branch is listening and just wants to spite you personally now. <laughs> the lost Leonardo. That was a tough blow, but I saw it coming it just didn't have the momentum right. i rewatched it though it wasn't as good of a rewatch as the first watch i'm a little bummed by val the val kilmer doc on mm-hmm. amazon prime that's really good and i never expected the neutral ground the neutral ground uh from uh, daily show comedian i forget his name i'm sorry but from tribeca i didn't expect it but i was uh, you know i was glad to see him get some play throughout the award season uh vegas had a snub in becoming Cousteau, which is on disney plus right now 16 to 1 odds out of that and clayton davis and i had some extra snubs francesco introducing selma blair my number nine pray away and the sparks brothers which was a good rewatch by the way on hulu but pray away i reviewed it out of netflix from a while back that was strong i thought their strongest contender but it just never got never got enough uh momentum uh, I had some honorable mentions, though, Mike. Storm Lake, All These Sons, Playing With Sharks, Changing the Game, Operation Varsity Blues, Torn, The Kids, Sisters on the Track, they were all eligible. They rounded out my 20. It's just uh, not to be. You can't get them all in here. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I got, like, my top five, and, and, and or, you know, I'm, I'm good from there. You dare come on this show after the last <laughs> few years of what Doc Feature have been. And say, I, I'm upset that my top 20 weren't in this category. Like, you should just be happy they got your top 10, man. All right, well, what could they actually do that would totally screw with me here? Like, they could go... It sounds like go, a Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground and Ascension. And then I haven't seen Faya Dei and Simple as Water yet, so I don't know if I like them or dislike them yet. So I guess in the same breath, I'm kind of meh on. So, they, yeah, I mean, they could work around my favorites easily. And I could I could be just sitting here... You know, like uh, just totally just befuddled at the end of the day, which is like my flag and my foam finger and just a man sitting naked on the battlefield in the wide open (laughs) space waiting for the inevitable embrace of sweet, sweet death. (laughs) Can you think of any other podcast ever (laughs) that would describe even a persona, even if he's a persona? He's not a character. Would describe a pers- a character that way, a person that way. When talking about documentaries. Never. We're the first. We're trendsetters. Not trendsetters. We're pioneers. Nobody will follow us. All right, Michael, makeup and hairstyling. Please, you talk for a while. Critics' Choice nominees. <laughs> the five choice noms are here for makeup and hairstyling. Shortlist, we have Cruella, we have Dune, we have The Eyes of Tammy Faye. God help us all. We do have House of Gucci, and we have Nightmare Alley. Uh, those five were the Critics' Choice, and they are showing up here on the Oscar shortlist as well. Coming to America also made it. That might be a little bit of a surprise and cool. kind of cool to see. Cyrano, No Time to Die. The Suicide Squad and West Side Story round out the list here, Mike. What do we got? They had some big get-ups in Coming to America with yeah, all did. the uh, the Kingdom outfits, like just like the original. So, I mean, it's it's we shame on us for forgetting yep. that aspect of Coming percent. to America. Thousand percent. Good call by you. All right. Uh, I think being the Ricardos was a projected snub. I, I don't get that 
projection. You are at not all. high on the hair and makeup and being the Ricardos. No, it's distracting and it's unflattering and it, it's bad for both Lucy and Desi. Whether I, and I don't know how they screwed it up, but I do know how they tried to cover it up. They tried to cover it up with this dim lighting, mm. like the whole film, and it made it even worse. Like I'm, I'm, I'm being taken out of the screenplay and taken out of the movie because I'm like, these dim lights are supposed to have these characters de-aged. It's just a damn shame because if it was made 10 years ago or if it was, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very, uh, the nice way to put it is it's very unflattering. They're supposed to be late 30s. They're not in their late 30s. And, and there's just no hiding that fact. It's a shame. Very odd that that picture came out and there was so much momentum of, oh, this is a SAG noms player and this could be something this could be an awards magnet and this and that and then as more people got their hands on it everybody seemed to back off those initial predictions and now it's just kind of like an also ran even though it does appear in a couple of these categories for the shortlists and we were like dancing in the street Mm -hmm. after we were like yeah yeah we called this yeah and then nope i mean we called it but even when we're wrong i uh i blame everybody else (laughs) (laughs) well we were right that they were going to be wrong <laughs> and then we were we were wrong that they were gonna stay wrong. But it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. There's a '70s song <laughs> reference for you out of nowhere. The French Dispatch, Spencer are probably my other two big snubs. I had pie in Sp- the sky. How did Spencer hopes. not get in here? Yeah. Well, because your mom obviously yeah. her no, opinion. You're right. You're right. Rubbed should, off yeah, you're on right. the Academy you're at right. large. I forgot. I because they listened to us. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely. I, I retract. I retract my statement there. Good job. Well, no, it's just a, it's a mom one. It's not your stance. Your mom one stance. Mom, you know, right. you had nothing to do with it. Right. But again, in terms of being right, I need to adopt these things. Don't you know anything about me by yet? That's right. You have to. <laughs> when I'm to... right, when someone near me is right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> you should be like a radio pundit or something. <laughs> Army of the Dead, Malignant. Those are my pie in the sky hopes. Wasn't going to happen. Would have loved either one of those, to be honest. Would have, I mean, that would have been great to see either one of those there. I, I'm with you. Kind of upsetting that, again, horror gets looked the other way, but what are you going to do? I wanted the Suicide Squad. I thought that makeup and hairstyling was terrific. Uh, I, You know, and I, I'll give House of Gucci credit because they have a cartoon character like Roger Rabbit in here, and it's still. Do you looks realize. Real. How close we are to living in a world in which House of Gucci is carrying, like, five nominations, including Best Picture. My God. Because makeup and hair has to be there, right? I mean, it probably will be there. It's on the shortlist. It's a critic's choice. It's Gucci. It probably gets in for makeup and hair. Lady Gaga probably is there in the actress field. Jared Leto probably is there in the supporting actor field. That's three. Stop it. Listen. Listen. Listen, if you give me a production design or some other category, like if this is carrying four or five noms, including two acting noms and below the line stuff, best picture cannot be that far off. You're not wrong, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Best sound, Michael. Belfast Dune, Last Night in Soho, The Matrix Resurrections, <laughs> No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, A Quiet Place 2, Spider-Man No Way Home, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story. Sorry for the listing, but best sound If you was slow mostly... it down, you can pinpoint the moment where his heart breaks in two. <laughs> <laughs> best sound was mostly chalk, I would say. I think, you know, Clayton had Cyrano, The Last Duel, Nightmare Alley. But uh, I was glad to see Spider-Man No Way Home. I wasn't sure if it was going to get involved. We were talking about the Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the other Tom Holland Spider-Man movies not getting in this Mm -hmm. category, just VFX. But I'm glad. I mean, the sound was great. A Quiet Place Part 2 is in here, too. I mean, that's uh, that's a horror movie that we wanted to see. I wonder if Amy Smith's happy about that. She was saying that she went on a runaway. And, you know, anytime sound does become a major player it should be uh nominated in this category like a sound of metal yeah absolutely sound of metal last year quiet place part one years past um you can make the house of gucci argument i just made sincerely about spider-man eric uh anderson i want to say was the one awards watch who said it out there on twitter at first and it was kind of an idea i was kicking around as i was reading the shortlist and he crystallized it better than i ever could anyway but uh, we'll talk about that as the noms go on no time to die being on all these lists i think is fun I mean, it's on a lot of below-the-line shortlists. West Side Story being on a bunch of these below-the-line wi- lists, I think is, I, I fear that as a harbinger of noms to come. Mm. 
No, good points. Uh, Tatan, the night house in the Heights, probably pie in the sky that they would get in here, uh, even though we were raving over the sound in mm-hmm. the night house. Yep. Uh, in the Heights, I just thought it was nice and smooth of the musicals. I thought a really good sound mix there, sound design. Tick, Tick, Boom and West Side St- Story got those musical knobs, though. Yeah. Or selections, <laughs> I guess we should yeah. say. All right, VFX, Mike. We have uh, four of the five choice nominations. We have Dune, Matrix, Matrix, Matrix. Resurrection. M-A-S-H. <laughs> my favorite movie as a child. <laughs> it's MASH and then the serial tricks. <laughs> Matrix. No Time to Die. Dune, Matrix. We no can't record at night. <laughs> Shang-Chi. We do, we do we this every time. can't record at night. So four of the five choice nominations. The one choice nomination that was snubbed in the shortlist here is Nightmare Alley, though, Michael. So you've seen Nightmare Alley. I have not. If you don't want to give the full review right now, don't feel like you have to. But what's lost in translation between this is a Guillermo del Toro movie and why is it not showing up in all these shortlists? I think critics are overshooting the mark. The VFX are very good. They're very good for a mid-budget film. And let's praise them for the fact that he's like just CGIing snow. And mm. there's there's a lot of violence in here that he he makes very believable, even though it's close quarters kind of stuff, much like Pan's Labyrinth, where you're you're seeing it up close and personal. So that is VFX. Does that have to be nominated when, you know, you're going up against these purely VFX films mm. and practice? I mean, how do you compete as a $30 million That's, yeah. with these $200 million just The eternal spectacles? question. That's the eternal question. And that's my takeaway from the visual effects shortlist here is that The Matrix is here. And so are all of the four MCU movies. As the rest of the list goes, that uh, Black Widow, Eternals, Free Guy, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Godzilla vs. Kong, and yes, Spider-Man No Way Home. Huge movies. Do make an appearance here. And these, like you said, these are all giant budget blockbusters that are, you know, not only wholly reliant on VFX, but are legacy properties as well. You know, Spider-Man, everything in the MCU, The Matrix, a new Ghostbusters movie, a new Godzilla movie, etc. And they got the best in the industry, the best in the brands at the top of their games being paid handsomely mm-hmm. <laughs> for these huge, in many cases, huge money earners uh, over the course of the year. Uh, the Tomorrow War, A Quiet Place Part 2, those are probably my two snubs. I love the creatures in The Tomorrow War. Scarier, if not even better animated than A Quiet Place Part 2, which is saying a lot, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of a bummer that neither one made it, but the same problem, like, they're going up against these behemoths, you know, in terms of budgets and in terms of spectacles. The the other ones are kind of more, you know, cl- you know, going through a ha- narrow hallway, and eventually you might get a big spectacle in the Tomorrow War, but it wasn't, it's still not on the same level. So I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm fairly pleased with those nominations. Uh, there were other categories as well, the live action short, the documentary short, etc., that they were given out today alongside the shortlist. I believe it was 10 categories given their shortlist. Um, as always, I mean, you know, we could just recite those for you if you want, but we tend to do work on those. We know nothing about right. it Right, we tend to do work on those after we get our hands on the shortlist yeah. and we can actually watch them and see for ourselves and then we'll report on them. Uh, that's how it's been in previous years. So if you're new to us, new to MMO this year, that's how we're going to handle the shorts category. So there will and be more on And that's fun. We have come. a blast with them. Absolutely. And they're, they're like insanely entertaining and informative too. Like Definitely. that, that modern day Nazi party one from a couple years ago where there was a Nazi party held in Madison Square Garden that like shook me to my core still I think about that often it's impactful stuff like I I still think about the uh the winner from two years ago they had the longest odds of the night it was like 33 to 1 it was about the uh the deaf girl in Great Britain Great Mm. Britain Britain Mm -hmm. short now I forget I'll never forget this film (laughs) what's what was its name what was the title I'm terrible at setting myself up tonight. Yeah, I have no tired. idea. I don't know. I just said the Nazi party movie, and I know that's not the, the one Nazi- I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> we suck at the short films, but we 
do review them. And we respect and we do them. <laughs> respectfully, and we do preview the, yes. them for all of you as we get there. Uh, speaking of some reviews, let, let's finish this episode up with uh, a, a double feature movie review. You're going to review Encanto. I'm going to review Nightmare Alley. So why are you re- reviewing Encanto, Michael? <laughs> because Swell uh, lied to me, and so did Google. No, I went to the movies. We were going to do a, a, a top of this episode as a review of Nightmare Alley, and I Check my Google times and okay, I'm playing at 1230 and I should have known something was up because I only had like a small window to see things in yesterday and I was like, perfect. It's playing at one of my local theaters at 1230. It's perfect. I'll go see it and check it out. Uh, I tried to buy my ticket on Fandango ahead of time and get it texted to my phone. And as soon as I picked my seat, it said that every seat in the theater was full. And I was like, oh, Uh-oh. that's weird. I've never seen that before. <laughs> so I, uh, I tried to go through the app, the, uh, the Bowtie Cinemas app, and I tried to do it that way and they said there was no showtime and i was like oh this is odd i'm gonna go to the theater and just buy my ticket and when i did nightmare alley was not playing at that time now mm-hmm. i don't know if this is related but how swell's name is brought up into this is that uh she was very excited for me to see nightmare alley because her review was uh as soon as she saw it she said hey you need to see nightmare alley and explain to me why i hate bradley cooper so much <laughs> So I, I, I texted her. I was like, I was going to go see it, but I couldn't see it. So I ended up seeing Encanto instead just to get a review in. And Swell informed me, and I was not privy to this, and I don't know how true it is, but she's saying she saw it on Twitter, so Twitter wouldn't lie to us. Um, <laughs> apparently there were theaters out there who were taking down showings specifically of Nightmare Alley to put in more screenings of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, That, that makes, makes sense. sense from a theatrical standpoint. I could totally understand why that would be. That's kind of shitty if that's also the case. I mean, yes, theaters mm. need to fend for themselves, and obviously you're going to make more money with Spider-Man right now, and obviously, you know, it's the third biggest opening of all time is where it's settled, but man, talk about uh, auteur-driven cinema being taken out, but then again, auteur-driven cinema has been dying this uh, entire pandemic long. Well, it's been dying in theaters, so let's in just theaters, say that yes, much. In theaters, You know, because you, you get a Netflix... Letting Paolo Sorrentino do whatever <laughs> the hell he wants. You get, you know, the same for Adam McKay. The same for, you know, I mean, you pick your filmmaker right. and your streamer, and there's a lot of freedom being offered to those guys, and 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 mostly guys, unfortunately. Hopefully the good the po- girls will get some payment, like, ever. It would be nice. Uh, but I think we're getting the alter cinema. It's just directly to our TV sets at home. And wouldn't it be ironic if the, uh, the, the Academy starts turning more towards blockbusters just in time for Netflix to be the home for auteur cinema. That'd be something. Yeah. And it'll, <laughs> the Oscars will put premiere on Netflix. Ironically. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's talk about Encanto. I'll be quick. I'll give my review. <laughs> this has been my favorite just based on, you know, just on paper, I guess I'll say uh, the entire Oscars lead up. I saw it. I don't get what's missing from this and why it's not, still entrenched as the front runner in the category good it has to be more enjoyable than luca which i still have not watched out of principle it's probably the best animation disney animation studios has ever put out i mean the facial expressions and the mouths moving along with the words it brings a sense of realism i had to remind myself sometimes that i was actually watching a cartoon like it's very Mm -hmm. very real and very well animated and very well done it's disney like we talked about you're going to get a streamlined story that's actually a little higher in concept uh, for kids than I would have expected. But the hmm. basic backdrop is there that you got to embrace yourself and love the whole of who you are beyond what others see as your talents, despite what others may think when you do so, etc. Even if those people closest to you are your family members. It's a good message. It's a good message for kids, too. Um, and, you know, 30-something-year-old podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people out there who say they want to... Uh, this reminds them of Coco, and they want to make the comparison to Coco. I don't get Coco from this. I got way more in the Heights vibe from this, which mm. makes sense considering Lin-Manuel Miranda's involvement with the songs and all that. And we already did the best original song category, but before this shortlist came out where this song from Encanto was on there, I was going to say it would not surprise me at all to see this one end up like the Sparks Brothers song and be in the original song category because the songs are very, very well done in this movie. 
That's great to hear because that that's what you need. You need the movie to rely on the songs. I have not seen it yet, so this is music to my ears and music to anybody who's at home right now. Then that turns on their yeah. Disney Plus this weekend. I mean, watch it. It's if it's going to be sitting there in Disney Plus, it's definitely worth the watch. It's quick. It's an hour and forty seven. Look, you don't have to watch two and a half hours of Nightmare Alley and two hours of Don't Look. You know, you can get in and out. It's a fun movie. If you want to talk about drawbacks, like, it's a B for me. It's not in the A range. It's not even in the B-plus range. The ending, I think, happens way too quickly. Everything is cleaned up and given that typical Disney happy ending, but in a more conventional way, I think, than maybe the story would have had you believe was the direction the script was going in. That's maybe a letdown. Maybe not if you're... It depends on how you interpret it, I guess. Um, But even if you do love the ending, I'd argue that it still felt very rushed. I think that's hmm. what a lot of people are, are going to be holding on to in terms of why this movie isn't the solid, you know, runaway front runner for the animated feature category. But good message, great animation, fun time at the theater, fun, fun movie to watch and easy movie to digest. I, there's, I don't get what's not to, to like. It should be a front runner in the animated feature category, especially if it's a biggest competition is like the Mitchells versus the machine. I haven't seen Flea yet. You could talk about the history, the impetus to make history with that movie. I totally understand that. That's at least a conversation. But Encanto should be right up there. Uh, solid B movie. I, I think the the wild card that is Flea might be holding back. You know the the, sure. the runaway, which makes sense. Encanto makes sense. But it, it, it's a good race right now in the category. And Vegas thinks so. Flea is even. Encanto's two to one. Luca's two to one. How you know, is so Luca two to one? Uh, Pixar. Right, I mean, plus people love it. They're not me. Gotta be it. They're not me, and they're not just like just the history of Pixar in the category. (laughs) Yeah, but they're not cursing at Vespas like I am, and uh, (laughs) I just despise that movie. Look, The Mitchells versus the Machines is winning a ton of critical awards thus far. Choice nomination didn't get the Globe though, so it's it's very strange. Like Luca got both, and Canto got both, Flea got both. Raya got both, and Raya got similar problems, I would say, than as Encanto. So I wonder if there's a little Disney cannibalization here. If we have three Disney films, one is Pixar, could be kind of vying for the spot, and people don't know which is their favorite. The Mitchells versus Machines is is kind of on a similar level, but the critics like it a little more. I don't know. I'm, I was wondering if Bell Bell would crash the party. That's your Beauty and the Beast movie. That's my Beauty and the Beast movie that I was a big fan of from mm. the New York Film Festival, 16 to 1. Raya's 14 to 1. Mitchell's Machines, 7 to 2. But, I mean, four movies, Mike, that you could bet on right yeah. now that, that seemingly have a good shot, I would say. And uh, it's I weird, mean, too. I mean, if the front runner in the category is Flea, which is even, which is pay 100, win 100 back, it's, it's odd to have something with odds that low, I guess, that short, and then have two movies that are right on top of it at 2 to 1. I mean, never mind the Mitchells of Machines, which is winning everything and is at three and a half to one, basically, plus 350. So, yeah, this is it's a peculiar category, and I think it just means that nobody really knows, and nobody in Vegas anyway really knows what's going on. And Luca can't be ignored for that exact reason. I mean, there's obviously a correlation between Pixar and the Oscars, and there's a correlation between the Globes and the Oscars, too. The Globes and the Oscars have only disagreed four times since 2006 about the winner of the category, and in wow. two of those four times, and the last two times there was a disagreement, it was the Academy who ended up siding with uh, the Disney product. So, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, some long shots. My Sonny Mod got a Globe nomination, so that was cool to see an international film there. The Summit of the Gods. I watched it. it really good mountain climbing stuff on Netflix. I don't know. I don't see it as a, as a real contender. I'd be surprised. Vivo solid mm-hmm. ron's gone wrong which is very peculiar in this sense mike it's on hulu hbo max and disney plus right now and it's I've out never on, seen on blu-ray it. and dvd already well the thing is i knew hbo max was getting the searchlight films right it was mm-hmm. getting the 20th century films i don't remember which ron's gone wrong is but Disney Plus, I figured, would get those eventually, right? At least the ones that were PG and G. I would think. Here you got Ron's Gone Wrong on all three services, so they're all sharing it. What do you think Ron did? Uh, He got a AI. And I've almost turned this movie on like 17 times. Can't do it yet. He filed as married on his taxes instead of single, (laughs) and the IRS is after him. (laughs) Absolutely. Have fun, kids! grounds for a children's cgi film michael nightmare alley perfect segue 
Nightmare yeah. Alley is a cruel. Would you rather have watched Nightmare Alley or done your taxes? <laughs> I uh, I don't want to do my taxes ever. <laughs> look, I look. I can't say I enjoyed Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley is is unequivocally a well made film and a good story even though it is soul crushing this sounds like, like a man who was trying to get the good stuff out of the way first so he can hammer it with a butt no it's not a it's it's one of those movies that's gonna kick your ass okay for two two and a half hours and there's i mean it's called nightmare alley <laughs> and it it doesn't start off well and you don't expect it to really go well here's your complimentary cotton candy <laughs> <laughs> Eight Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, I mean, you can watch this on TCM this month. I, I just never thought this story was going to be like a Best Picture winning material. Right. Could it still get a, a handful of knobs, a bunch of knobs? Like, cruel and nasty and bloody when it has a purpose and it's not just those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, it's not torture porn or anything. It's not like soulless or nihilist i mean it's it, it's for a moral it's for a message and it, it's fascinating to me that guillermo del toro would use his cachet post best picture win in the shape of water he would use that currency to make this film nightmare alley so that i mean these choices by him i i have to be honest i think it's one of his better films ranking oh, up wow. there with pan's labyrinth uh, and I'll be honest with you, Shape of Water, I have to be. I, it, it, Shape of Water is a good film. I mean, I don't know if it's one of my favorite Del Toro films. I, I can go back mm-hmm. to some deep cuts as we go go back in his CV. But Kronos, yeah, I, I like some of his weirder movies. His earlier, I like his earlier work. I prefer his earlier work. <laughs> <laughs> Just I can't, I can't Waxing get away from poetic movie quotes, and I? going full circle. And now we're actually critics. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I can't not be self-reflexive at the end of an episode. Mm-hmm. Just immediately second-guess everything I say. <laughs> the so, unknown me, of these microphones turning off. <laughs> that yeah, how now do I face do? the rest of my night? What am I? I, mean, I got to watch the Hawkeye finale, <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen. They're not going to kill him on Disney Plus, are they? Oh, no. we only joke no way. because it's true. <laughs> anyway, Nightmare Alley, eight critics' choice noms. Hair and makeup did make the shortlist today, so there's that. Nightmare Alley was snubbed from VFX and the original score shortlist. Does so that is it something that's going to be like a category filler? If it does make all these nominations, you don't see it as the front runner in anywhere. So here's the thing: like I, I would think Nightmare Alley would have needed the performances, but the performances are very ensemble based. Like even Bradley Cooper is not giving a showy performance mm. at all. That was the, perhaps the most surprising. And thing. there's a small girl on the West Coast who can't stand him for some reason. But go on. <laughs> there's this very small girl <laughs> with hate in her heart for this man who picks soul-crushing characters, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Uh, no spoilers. But Tyrone Power played this character of. Of uh, this, <laughs> I'm just gonna make up a word, <laughs> make up a character name. <laughs> I wish you did and just went for it. <laughs> Eat shit, fuck a lot is what I was gonna call him. <laughs> this is why. This is why we can't like write real reviews because I would just write that. I would write a doctor. Eat shit, fuck a lot would want to be. <laughs> I, I hate him. <laughs> End of sentence, period. <laughs> Put that snapshot in the Rotten Tomatoes thing. So, yeah, we, we talk this kind of bullshit on a podcast at the end of every episode and uh, put it in the king, you know, the king's English. Good God. So, look, I did not expect oh Bradley God. Cooper. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to be like Steve. <laughs> no. I, he, I, I, can't, I can't be that... Uh, I can't be that clever and reflexive oh to his worst God. movie of his career. You remember that Steve movie? All about Steve? All about Steve, yeah. The <laughs> no, worst. But eat shit, fuck a lot. That's got some dignity. Eat shit, fuck a lot. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor, eat, eat shit, shit, fuck a lot, lot. the third. MD. I'm leaving this in. This will I don't get care. me fired. Uh, I'm leaving this. it in. <laughs> no, this right here. This This is the kind of nervous breakdown. Uh, recorded that will get me fired someday. This is why we have pseudonyms oh on the podcast. Oh, my fucking God. So, look at I, Tony Collette, Rooney Mara, they're always good. Like, Kate Blanchett has the showiest <laughs> performance here. 
I'm kind of rooting against her, and it has nothing to do with Kate Blanchett. I'm rooting against her because I want five first-time nominees in supporting actress. Uh, because it's all important. If I, I had get what I want. any technical, I don't care what you're saying about the movie anymore. <laughs> if I had any technical savvy, <laughs> I would go into IMDb and change Bradley Cooper's name on his profile. <laughs> you could do it on Wikipedia. Who's in there? Uh, it's just such a train wreck of horrible sadness. Oh, uh, okay. Movie. I'm sorry. I, I got lost in that rabbit hole for like, a second. Go ahead. But who is cheering for this movie? Like Eric Weber, God love you. You like some effed up yeah, films, my man. Yeah, you like that guy has. But that's and, also why we're kindred spirits with him. A that's lot of right. Times too. So like you would probably like this yeah. because you're a sad, miserable <laughs> sack of. No, I'm <laughs> So, like, <laughs> this movie was never going to win Best Picture. I, I still think it could get, like, production design for certain. It probably should. And after that, like, I don't think it's... I, I don't think it's getting picture or director, maybe cinematography, but cinematography's loaded. And it so seems if I have like to the guess... Way, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to just say, it seems like the way in which the shortlist treated it today, it's yeah. not the favorite in a lot of aspects. Costumes, production design, hair and makeup... Maybe two out of those three. I, I don't. Th- I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it got a lot of nominations. I really would. I'd be surprised if it got Best Picture. This is the type of bummer movie <laughs> that would have worked last year, maybe. Oh, good point. In that year, you know. But this year, there's t- like, and I'm not saying House of Gucci, but I am. Pick, pick a bigger movie. Yeah. Put it in as the tenth. One lady starring Lady Gaga, in which she has animalistic sex. You don't need to pick this movie that that made two point eight million dollars and before it got booted out of movie theaters. Yeah, for Spider Man, well, I'm I'm very very curious, and that's the that's the uh, the Eric Anderson point is like, in part anyway, and I, I guess I'm paraphrasing it at this point. But if the Academy wants to get eyes on the product, mm-hmm. like you put Spider Man on all these short lists, a lot of below the line stuff. How far away can a Best Picture nom be? And if you have Spider Man on Best Picture. And you have Billie Eilish and Beyonce performing live. Like, you could not be catering more to casual movie fans at this point than you could possibly do with this lineup. And if you do that, yeah, something like Nightmare Alley, something like any adult drama that isn't House of Gucci, quite frankly, which is one of the only ones that made money as a standalone theatrical release, it's going to be kicked off. It's going to be just forgotten. Drive my car for the sweep, please. That would, I would. I don't know if I would love that or hate that at this point. But. I don't know either. It would be different. Not, not really. Not different at all. Uh, no, but it would be fun. But no, that that's the direction I would expect before the direction you talk about. But they, if you're right, if they sh- they should go the other direction, and this should be like we've seen movies like this just kind of fall back mm-hmm. and get a get a few, but not. A lot. I wish I had the comps in front of me, but I, I'm sure we can look back at the last ten years and pick a pick a handful of comparables for Nightmare Alley. But see. look at absolutely go see this movie <laughs> with the way I pitched <laughs> yeah. it today. Don't you wanna, you know, hire me PR firms for movie th- <laughs> This movie is so tense. Variety. This is I was why on the edge stop. of my seat. Uh, Deadline. We were getting. Hey, doesn't screeners. Bradley Cooper play Doctor Eat Shit? Fuck a lot, Mike. Mike. We Oscar. stopped asking for screeners because we no, we stopped. We just stopped, and this is part of the reason why. Uh, best doctor goes to <laughs> Doctor Zayas. You can't even win that. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this episode was. It's getting to be that time of year where we just, you know. We don't really sleep. We just make a lot of jokes about the Oscars, and then we present those jokes to you sometimes, and hopefully some of them land. And if they didn't, I don't know. We laugh. I don't so know what to tell you. Yeah, so you screw you. No. They, they double the amount of people are listening to us this year than last year, so we're, we got to be doing something right. I... Or- they're, la- they're laughing with us. They're laughing at us. They're hopefully laughing. As long as they're laughing, that's, that's <laughs> I think, where I'll hang my hat. But uh, as always, what matters to us is your thoughts on all of these short lists, as well as these reviews, uh, or as well as anything else we did here so far in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, if you would be so kind, if you appreciate what we do, maybe not based Based on this episode in particular, 
<laughs> but if you appreciate what we've done at any point, if you could leave us a five-star review, uh, those truly go a long way in helping us out. We thank you for all of you who have. Michael, what is coming next? You just told me what was coming next like yesterday, and I can't believe all the stuff we have to do still. But what are some words awesome. of wisdom to come on to? Uh, it is wise to thank our audience yes. after this gem, this peach of an episode, <laughs> because they have shown up and doubled this year, uh, according uh, you know, as opposed to yeah. last year, which we did not expect. We still grew last year, and then we just like doubled this year. So I can't believe that we put out half the content. So this is the humblest brag ever because I truly, I truly am surprised because we're just putting out. And also, support. we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We hate Thank all the you, movies you love, <laughs> and we love all the movies you hate. Uh, we're contrarians, mm-hmm. uh, but we only hate the best here at Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And we vote drink. for Jared Leto. Yeah, those are <laughs> those are the principles on which this vote brand for was Jared founded. Leto, yeah. Paolo Gucci forever. <laughs> I I am just fascinated by our listeners, and uh, I, I'm I'm so thankful to them. And you know we're. Somehow we're going places, so it's, it's it, it, we really appreciate it, uh, and uh, it's wise to thank you, and it and, and it is so necessary to thank you. You guys really yes, keep us absolutely. going here. Absolutely. Uh, what's coming next? Uh, we're gonna eat a licorice pizza during you. the episode of Licorice Pizza. You I have li- to. You have to do that. You understand that, right? I was. I, you got to get the soft licorice. So I've already been looking on Amazon, yeah. and apparently there's like Australian licorice that's extra soft. Okay. So if you put soft licorice on top of the pizza, I'm just saying it's black sweet licorice. Savory. I'm gonna get both. I'm gonna get both. And you're gonna and put I, you're gonna put cheese and sauce on it. I'm not a man who has trouble <laughs> finding pizza, <laughs> obtaining pizzas. So once I get the licorice, our spoiler uh, warning for that episode is just gonna be the sounds of you vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just projectile vomiting? (laughs) It's our first live YouTube video. Mike, what did you think about the spoilers? I don't care. (laughs) This was a Uh, mistake. Oh, my God. (sighs) Licorice pizza. I don't know what we're doing with Don't Look Up or Being the Ricardos yet. We were considering reviewing them in this episode. We didn't do it. We Thank didn't have God. time because of the because of the serious subject matter we yeah. had to get to at the end of this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We got that. We're going to do something with Scream. We got holidays yes. to deal with. We have a lot of stuff on the horizon in the next couple months specifically. So... Oh boy, <laughs> strap the licorice in. Licorice pizza is next. That's all I know. We'll, we'll come after the, the holiday and, and licorice pizza. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, cannot wait for that either. And maybe it'll shake up all our thoughts about the Oscars races so far. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come hopefully share some laughs with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness. Oh, I will not, I will not be caught dead with stuffiness in this episode. <laughs> you understand me? <laughs> we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.